Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. Oh God, we come to you. As Wanda said, just reminded that the promises that you have given us, and we know that you will never, ever break a promise to us. So Lord, we respond in faithfulness to you. So as we start this new year together, as we look at questions that we may have, we pray that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. You know, I'll admit, I I, I grew up in a a church that really uh, discouraged uh, you asking questions. You know, you read the Bible and there's your answers and you just don't, you don't question it at all. But we know that faith isn't that simple at times. And I believe that it is okay to ask questions. It's okay to ask questions to God, to, to understand who God is and, and, and what he wants us to experience as we seek to grow closer to him. I think it's, it's scriptural that it's okay to ask God questions. One of the first questions uh, that, that God tells us that's okay is in the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah uh, 29, verses 13 and 14. God tells the prophet Jeremiah that when you search for me, when you search for me, that's asking questions. When you search for me, with all your heart, you will find me. I will be present for you, declares the Lord, and I will end your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have scattered you, and I will bring you home after your long exile, declares the Lord. See, when we ask questions, that gives us the opportunity to, to see where God is. And, and most of the times when we ask questions, it's when we're in exile when we have deep-seated doubts in our lives, and when we take the time to ask those questions, it allows us to hear what God's heart is. Jesus even talks about it being okay to ask questions. In, in both Matthew and in Luke, we have these words from Jesus. He says, "'Ask, and you will receive.'" Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Whoever seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door is open. So hopefully, as we begin this, this next three weeks, talking about questions and, and the questions that, that we have in our lives, uh, we, had, we had 25 questions uh, come in either on the sheets or uh, online. So thank you to everyone who, who asked questions. And if you didn't have your question, if you didn't get your questions asked, feel free to ask. You know, I may not get to it right away, but I want you to be searching 
Now, there's a difference between searching or asking questions just to be difficult, which I know some of you like to do. But there's also a, a way for us just to ask questions so we can know the heart and will of God. And that's great. As long as we continue to grow in our faith and we continue to ask questions to know God more, I'm all for that because God has all the answers in the world for us. But as Jesus reminded us, we just have to take time to ask. So some of the questions, there were several questions about the book of Revelation. So uh, we'll be doing a sermon series later this year on the book of Revelation. Uh, There was questions about numerology in the Bible, uh, about the nature of God, uh, what is our purpose. You know, I'm not going to be able to get to all 25 in these three weeks, but uh, hopefully we'll be able to hit most of them to hopefully get you more curious about these questions, and and you can start looking for yourself and and, and maybe get involved in a group to where you can tackle those questions together as a community. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to try to tackle two questions a Sunday. The one question, I'll do kind of a quick uh, drive-by hit for that question and give you a a, a quick answer, which I know will be very incomplete, but that's what I'm going to do anyway. And then uh, the second question, I'll do more of a deep dive into it to try to fully understand. The, the, The sermon for the day is talking about being in God's image. But the first question I really wanted to, to answer because it was written by one of our young disciples. And I knew I was one of our young disciples because I could read the handwriting unlike my own. And um, just I thought the question was very, you know, it, it's a question I think all of us have. You know, he was talking about the afterlife, and at the very end of the question, he asked, will we see our dead pets. Will our dead pets be in heaven? And, and first off, I, you know, I grew up thinking no, because pets don't have a soul. And so pets will not be in heaven. But then as I start thinking and I start reading, I go, well, maybe. You know, C.S. Lewis in his book, uh, The Problem with Pain, he suggests that at least tame animals might enter heaven through their relationship with humans just as we are able to enter into heaven through our relationship with Jesus Christ. So the relationship we have with our pets are, it's, it's a very special bond. You know, I, I see on Facebook all the time people posting pictures with their pets. You know, some people take their pets with them wherever they go, and, and, and there is just a bond between a pet owner and a pet But if we go even deeper into Scripture, we can see that God has a promise for animals. The the story of creation, the the creation of the animals. Uh, When we look at the story of the flood, God brought two of each animals onto the ark. And then later, after the flood was over, the covenant that God established with Noah had these words. It said that the, no, that the covenant includes every living thing of all flesh. So that not only included Adam and uh, Noah and his family, but it also included all of the animals that Noah brought <coughs> with him. Jesus even talked about 
how God takes care of animals. In Matthew 6, verse 26, he says, Look at the birds in the sky. They don't sow seed or harvest grain or gather crops into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. So in all of God's creation, there is a special relationship between God and animals. So I, I would believe that heaven wouldn't be complete without our pets. Heaven wouldn't be complete without animals for us to enjoy, for us to, to experience the afterlife with. So that's my, my short dive into whether or not pets will be in heaven. If you disagree with me, y'all know my email address, and you can just come by and, 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 and let me know. Okay, our second question, a little bit more deep, is, is this. Many people take made in his image literally. The vision of an old man, white flowing robes and hair, long flowing beard. I've always taken it to mean created in the image of the Trinity, mind, body, and soul. Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. What are your thoughts? Like I said, kind of deep, huh? You know, some of the other questions are, are even deeper than this, and I'll, we'll definitely try to get to those uh, later. You know, I think the scripture that comes with this passage is Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. So I invite you to follow along with these words. Then God said, Let us make humanity in our own image to resemble us so that they may take charge of the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the earth, and all the crawling things on earth. Hmm, look at that, all those animal references. Hmm. God created humanity in God's own image. In the divine image, God created them. Male and female, God created them. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I think one of the things that we struggle with is exactly who is God? What, who, who is this, this, uh, this character, this, this person that, that we worship? You know, we talk about the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but when we get to the actual God, the Creator, God, the Father, who, who do we look at? And I think we tend to want to place God in our image. Not necessarily God in, not that we are in God's image, but we want to make sure that God looks like us, acts like us. We see that throughout all of history, through art and through media. You know, one of the most popular images of God, the Father, would be in the story of the creation of Adam in the Sistine Chapel that Michelangelo painted in the uh, 1500s. I think I got some pictures up here. Uh, you know, that picture gives us that idea, you know, God with the, the gray flowing hair and, and the beard, you know, reaching out to Adam. And then in movies, we have other depictions of who God is. You know, back in the 1970s, how many of you remember the Oh, oh God movies? You know, with George Burns as God. And then most of us are probably more familiar with the Bruce Almighty and the Evan Almighty movies where you have Morgan Freeman playing God. But there's another depiction of God in, in the movies, uh, in the movie called Dogma, which was uh, done by Kevin Smith back in 
the 90s, he portrayed God as Alanis Morissette, as, as a, a female. And boy, did he get ripped for that, for doing that one. But, you know, we want to see God as us. We want to see God as who we are. And I think that also goes with the images of Jesus that we see around. We see that we paint Jesus in who we think he is like. And most of the time we paint him as looking like one of us. But I think there are other ways that we can help see how God and how we are created in God's image. I don't think, you can go ahead and take these off. I just wanted to have those pictures up there. Um, when we look at God, and when we say that we are created in God's image, I don't believe it is because God has two legs and two arms and is, it has a, has a body, but we are created in God's image because we are created like God. God created us with with, uh, as the question asks, with a mind, with, with a soul, with, with a way for us to think. But I think there are three ways that we can really see how being we are created in God's image. The first way is that God loves beauty. And, and when we think of beauty, we love beauty. We, we love nature. We love, we love good music. We, we love good food. We love relationships with one another. God gives us the opportunity to experience and love and be a part of beauty. When I was in college at uh, Fringe University and, and my mom still lived in Hutchinson, Kansas, there's a stretch of road that, that goes between Wichita and Hutchinson called uh, K-96, uh, Kansas Highway 96. And for the longest time growing up, that was a, a two-lane road. And, and on that two-lane road, there was this tree. And this tree stood right beside the highway. And, and every single time we drove by this tree, you were to honk at it. It, it, was, it was either a good luck tree, uh, high schools called it the spirit tree, all of these type of things. It, it is a landmark. There's actually a Facebook page dedicated to this tree. And, and heaven forbid that this tree ever falls down because I don't know what's going to happen to the state of Kansas if, if that happens. But, you know, I spent several times driving by this tree during, uh, the, you know, during the daylight, during night, uh, sunrise, sunset, and, and that stretch, not only by the tree, but that stretch of, of K-96 was one of the most beautiful stretches of drive that I have ever, I ever have taken in my life. I love that stretch of road. You know, the way that, the, you know, the farmland behind it, the way the sun can, uh, can hit uh, the tree uh, just right. But every single time that I saw that, I would experience God. Because God allowed me the opportunity to enjoy the beauty of that moment. To enjoy the opportunity to, to enjoy the creation that God had made for me, Enjoyed, had made the creation for all those who drove up and down the road. Maybe you have a place 
that where you look, you know that, that God has just touched that spot. And because you are created in the image of God, you are able to enjoy that spot because God made it especially for you. Or maybe you have a song that, that every time it comes on the radio or every single time you select it on your, uh, your MP3 player or play it on your record player, it reminds you, it, it gives you the sense of calm and beauty or, or, or a famous painting or, or maybe a picture that one of your kids have drawn. Every single time you take a look at that, you can see the image of God in you because of the beauty that it holds. I think another way that we enjoy being made in the image of God is that we are able to enjoy morality or we understand what morality is, the difference between what is good and what is bad. You know, morality is not a Christian thing. Now, if you talk to atheists, you talk to Buddhists, you talk to Muslims, you all know that there is a good and there is a bad. There is right and there is wrong. And we are able to understand that and we're able to hold on to that because we are created in God's image. I kind of look at that as what we as Methodists call provenient grace. You know, you don't have to be a follower of Jesus Christ to know that God has laid out grace for you to experience his love and his path for all of God's creation. Our United Methodist Book of Discipline says it like this, that provenient grace prompts us, prompts our first wish to please God and our first glimmer of understanding concerning God's will. So that's Morality. When we uh, live into God's provenient grace, we understand what God's will is, what is good and what is right and what is true, despite of what is bad, what is destructful, and what is evil. And our first sight of transient conviction of having sinned against God, God's grace also awakens us in an earnest longing for deliverance from sin and death and moves us toward repentance of faith. See, since we are created in God's image, we know what's right. We know what's wrong. You know, you have little ones running around the house. They know what's right. They know what's wrong. And whenever they give you that eye, whenever they do something wrong because they want to tweak you and let you know that, you know, I may be my own God right now because I want to do this instead of what you are telling me to do. But we know and we want to be in that knowledge of what is true, what is good, and what is right. And the final way that I see that we are created in God's image is that we are relational. That's why during our, our vision statement, the, the first statement after be God's or be belonging to God is that you belong here to let you know that you have a place with others who are on the same journey as you are to become a stronger disciple of Jesus Christ. 
this is where you grow in your faith. This is where you come to understand. If we go back to the scripture that we read from Genesis chapter 1, God talks and says, let us make man and woman in our image. See, God already has this, this relationship built in him with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and that relationship lives in each and every one of us to have a relationship that, that, that drives us, that, that leads us, that builds us to, to build a stronger bond with one another so that we can live out the promises that God has given us. That's why we have this table here. This table reminds us of the relationship that we have with God. This table reminds us that we are in community with one another. Jesus gathered his disciples together in community, and together with them he broke the bread and he poured the cup. He gave them a promise that through the bread we are connected. Through the cup our sins are forgiven. So hopefully that gives you a view of, of what it means to be made in the image of God. Do you know that God didn't create us as, as, as humans with two arms and two legs, but God created us so that we may enjoy the creation and all that God has given around us. To, to know the difference between right and wrong and to use those things to make a difference because Christ has made a difference with our lives and to share God's love with others. My hope and my prayer is that this week and throughout the rest of 2019, you are able to live into the image of God, knowing that God loves and cares for you and gives that promise to you daily. Let us pray. Dear God, we give you thanks that at the beginning of time, you spent the opportunity to create us in your image, to give us ways to use uh, creativity in, in amazing ways, to, to know the difference between right and wrong and, and to help people uh, grow in uh, their relationship with you. So, Lord, we ask that as we continue to live faithfully into the call that you have given us, that you allow us to see and allow us to share the image that you have created us and others. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.